This morning, it's a Monday morning, uh, which means that we are the day after Sunday and the day before Tuesday. Brilliant, aren't I? Well, uh, it is warm again today. Uh, Hopefully, you're staying hydrated. Hopefully, you're taking good care of yourself um, and uh, not letting yourself uh, become dehydrated and uh, doing poorly in that way. So, I just want to encourage you in the midst of this heat to uh, to be smart, to uh, be smart in how you take care of yourself and uh, make sure you're getting some some liquid into yourself uh, for your own good, good thing to do. We are in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be trying to cover verses 6 through 9 today. Uh, last week, we concluded on the note of marriage and husband-wife relationships, and 
uh, how husbands are to love their wives, to shine their wives, to make their wives just sparkle with, with, with brilliance because of the love that they pour out upon them. Uh, and in his writing, Paul continues on in the motif of directly about relationships. He now gets into uh, parent-child relationships. Uh, and then he will go into, in his day, it was slave-master relationships. That was the, the, the common uh, common methodology in his day and uh, where today we have employers, employees. Actually, in Paul's day, it was largely, you know, slaves and slave owners uh, back in, in that part of the world in that day under Roman rule. Uh, so he speaks in terms of slaves and their earthly masters, and we will talk in terms of slaves uh, or in terms of employers and employees. So Ephesians chapter 6 is where we are camping out this morning. I encourage you, uh, if you have your own Bible and are able to follow along, I always encourage that because it lets you make some notes in your Bible, underline some things, highlight some things, circle some things, whatever you might do with your Bible, maybe a notebook, pen, something like that, just to jot down some notes, or, of course, just listen in and then apply. I mean, the the, the point of all of this, honestly, is application. I was thinking about yesterday's message and um, what we read in First Timothy. Ephesians and Timothy, uh, Timothy was the pastor to the Ephesians, and so we're, we're doing Ephesians in the morning, Monday through Friday, and then we're doing the book of First uh, Timothy on Sundays. And yesterday he was talking about propriety and worship and began talking about how we need to pray. Uh, pray for those that don't know Christ particularly. Pray for everyone. We can spend a lot of time in prayer, and and I want to encourage us to, to be people of prayer. Um, but in the practicalities now of relationships between parents and children, Let's jump into it and see what it has to say. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is stated in verse 6, and this is coming out of the Old Testament, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, I feel like today could become heavily psychological uh, in terms of what we talk about because we're talking about all these issues and problems or, or, or what we ought to do. The fact is, if we would simply uh, make application of what the Scripture says to us in this passage, it would go much better for us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's obey. Now, um, some will hone in on, on the Lord. Well, if it's only about spiritual things, that's the only time I really need to listen to to my parents when they're talking about spiritual things because it says obey them in the Lord. Um, and, and sadly, uh, maybe too often in our day, uh, we don't have parents, even Christian parents, who were really giving a lot, much instruction to the children. There might be more of that going on than, than maybe I'm aware of, but uh, as I talk with kids, 
uh, teenagers and whatnot. Well, no, we don't really read the Bible in our house. Or no, I don't really see the Bible open. You know, my my parents' Bible open in my house. And uh, no, my my parents really don't talk to me much about the Lord, other than you know, keep your zipper up or things like that. And uh, which that isn't even talking about the Lord. That's talking about something else. But so some children, and I've seen some adult children say, well, my parents didn't really talk to me and instruct me in the Lord. And I want to encourage those of us that have children. If you have children, just the especially if you have young, young children, to learn how to instruct them in the Lord. If you have grandchildren coming to your house, you know, you, you can be that grandparent. Now, you don't force things upon them, but yet you're the grandparent that, that gives them the children's Bible. You're the grandparent that tries to introduce them to the things of Jesus if if perhaps their their parents may not do so. Um, but for us as parents, I'm really getting into the parent side of things uh, it, because of the adult children that I've talked to who would say, well, this is what my Christian home upbringing was like. We went to church all the time. Uh, we were told to be good kids, but we weren't really talked to all that much about what it means to love Jesus. And I didn't really see my parents uh, loving Jesus. I, you know, I, I saw holes in the wall, and I saw, I heard lots of language being said and, and arguments and fights and things like that, and I really didn't see, you know, folks going, I wish we didn't go to church sometimes because that is the bar that is set up. They just go to church. Well, if we would just live the life at home, then then maybe that would make the difference because church isn't going to change it. Now, you say, wait a minute, then why do we go to church? Well, we should be coming to church to worship the Lord. That's why we should be coming to church. And you might say to me, Jim, you sound like an oxymoron. In fact, you might even say to me, you sound like a moron this morning. Well, here's the here's the problem. That is what we have taught is go to church. When we need to when what we need to teach is abide in Jesus, to live in Jesus every day, to walk with him, to open his word every day to love him, to know his love, and and all these types of things. And, and church is where we should come to to get charged up. Church is where we should come to to uh, uh, be in, equipped and encouraged. And uh, uh, be motivated to go back out and serve the Lord again for another week. That's, that's what we should be coming to church for. And, and yet, so much it's you know we, we bring our scorecard to church well was the was the music right check was the what about was it too too warm too cold check was it uh you know the, the preacher go too long all the time uh you know uh, were people nice check check all these things uh is that the movement of the spirit of god we, we need to see something different uh, and, and it begins at home. It begins with our parents at home living the life before their kids. When they're messing up, they're fessing up. When, when they're sinning, they're confessing. You know, when they're saying things they shouldn't say, they're saying, I'm, I've just said something I shouldn't have said. All those things that kids need to see genuine, honest. Parents need to say to the kids, I really struggle with fill in the blank, whatever it might be, to raise our kids. I've just talked to so many adult children, uh, and they just say, "I, I, I didn't. Ex what I, what I experienced is they took us to church. We need to go deeper. We need to go further. Children. Now, most of us listening in this morning are are probably adults now. Uh, 
many of us, probably our parents, have moved on from this earth. And, uh, but some, some could listen in who have children. Uh, or some could be younger still. We have had our teenage friend Riley who has been on here from time to time. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, that we would learn to listen to our parents. Uh, if parents are doing it right and following after Christ and, and following the ways of God and, and living in the way of Jesus, uh, then, then children would, would perhaps want to obey the parents, Lord. So there's this instruction that comes to children to obey your parents, the Lord. Now, now some parents would say you're to obey your parents and everything, even when it is bad, even when it is poor, even when it is not right to obey your parents in all these things. Um, no, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, when they're asking you to do something that's wrong, when they're asking you to do something that goes against the ways of the Lord, uh, that's when perhaps you don't obey. But but I see I see all kinds of uh, blockades put up in the way, and when it comes to children obeying the Lord, and uh, it also says that children are to obey to to honor their parents. I know uh, Christian children who do not honor their parents. In fact, I see them creating uh, false uh, theologies uh, to say, well, I don't have to obey my parents anymore. I'm no longer under their roof, or I no longer have to honor my parents because they weren't what they were supposed to be. Well, you know, I don't I don't see there anywhere in here where it says, well, parents weren't what, weren't, weren't what they supposed to be, so you don't have to honor them. I still think we are called to honor them. It says right here in verse 2, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. There it is. So children, well, our responsibility as children to obey our parents. Lord, now if you're a parent and you have children who have not obeyed you uh, or who have not honored you, you know the wounds that come with that. You know the heaviness of heart that comes with that. And, you know, I, I think on Sunday mornings, we many of us could be down on our knees in the front of the church. We've got a big wide open space up there. Uh, nobody sits in the front row and uh, great place to bow, great place to kneel, to come and, and be broken before the Lord for our children. Um, well, we're, we're too proud to do something like that. Well, we need to be able to say we're, we're broken for our kids. We're burdened for our kids. We're, we're longing for our kids to turn to Christ. And maybe that starts with us turning to Christ more publicly even with others praying together for what God would do in the lives of our kids. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, the, the command to the children. And then it says that the promise is given in verse 3. I've already said that, repeating it again, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That is the promise given uh, back in in the passage uh, where this was, from which this was derived. Um, Coming from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the Ten Commandments. So it's, it's the commandment that has the promise um, that it may go well with you. We want things to go well with us. We want things to go uh, well in our in our lives. And what do we need to do? 
we need to start at home. We need to start with our families. That's that's the place that we start. Let's look at this in the message to see what insights we might gain here. Uh, the message says this. The message says, parents, do what your parents tell you. That is only right. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so that you will live well and have a long life. In other words, it might means that your parents aren't going to take your, you know, snuff you out. I don't think that's what it means at all. But but if we live with that general uh, surrender to our parents, then we might also learn to live with a general surrender to the Lord as well. But parents and children, children, what do we do with our parents? How do we honor our parents? How do we... You know, uh, there's all kinds of ways to go about this. And you could go back and study more deeply this this promise so you will live well and have a long life. I'm going to put it back into the NIV 84. But commandments for children. Uh, now, we might say, yeah, but kids that are, you know, five, six, seven years of age aren't going to read this. Well, we need to instruct them in this. We need to read it to them, but then we need to also read the the next pieces to ourselves. I mean, we can go back and think of our own uh, upbringing. We can think of what it was like for us coming up in this world. And I mean, I came up in a non Christian home. Uh, I come up in a. I, I was raised in a home where where there wasn't a lot of positive uh, attribution, a lot of positive praise that was ever given. You know, a uh, good job. You did that good, and you did it fast. You did none of those things, and. and uh, ever, not ever, maybe, maybe late in life when I was in my 40s, I guess I was in my 40s, maybe I began to get some traces of some positive praise from my father. But especially when I was at home, when I was a child, when I was a teenager, nothing was ever good enough. So parents, to learn how to give the positive strokes to your to your kids that they need. Now, Conversely, let me also say this. Uh, I, I see us giving so many positive strokes, but yet not wanting to get up into our kids' grill when they need it. Sometimes our kids need us to get up in the grill. It's called tough love. Uh, sometimes, and I am a proponent of proper, um, what is it, corporal punishment, not capital punishment, but corporal punishment. I, I am a believer in that. Uh, I and I'm a believer in not giving uh, uh, ongoing warnings to our kids. You warn them once, you warn them a second time, and a third time. Uh, I I believe in that, and we've lived in such a wussified culture, uh, and we believe all this psychological uh, mumbo jumbo that that goes far beyond that has led us into the bad place that we are today. And I, yes, I'm saying that. I'm saying that with with having studied some of that in my PhD studies. I'm saying that. I believe that we've gone too far, and now we label everything. We overprotect all these things. We we do, and we need to to back away from all the labeling. We need to back. And I'm not saying that there isn't some of that. I'm not saying that that that, that you know there isn't ADHD. I'm not saying it isn't true. I probably have it myself. What was that? Um, but. I think there is some of that, but I think we've way over-labeled. I think sometimes, quite honestly, and I mean this very sincerely, sometimes what is needed is a good kick in the hind end. I, I, and maybe not with a foot, but maybe a spatula, maybe something. 
I believe in that. And our world says, no, no, we do so much damage. Look around. We've only gotten worse as we've backed away from those practices. Kids are worse now than they ever were because we warn them, we warn them, we warn them, we warn them, we warn them. We send them to their room. If you're bad, you're going to go to your room. Guess what? They've got the PlayStation in their room. What are they going to do? They're going to play it. My wife, when she was raised, when she was bad, if, if, if her mom wanted to send her to a room, she sent her to a room with a book. My wife loves to read. That didn't work out so well. Um, but to learn proper discipline, to learn proper instruction. Uh, and yes, I am railing against where we are in society and culture. We have gone too far. And uh, we're letting the world get away with it. It's probably too late now to 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 reverse course. And, and you know, I, uh, I've done a lot of things over the years. When I was a church planter, I drove school buses, one of the things, and had a kid that was bad on the bus. I mean, really bad, really bad one day. And I, I, I hadn't even left the schoolyard yet. And I called into the office. I said, uh, Mr. Mr. Deemer, he was the principal. I said, you've got to get this kid off my bus. They're just, no, you have to take them home. I'm like, this bus ain't moving. No, you are obligated by state law. You have to take them home. And I said, "This, but then you can you can come out and drive it. I ain't driving it." And and uh, so what did they do? They they called down to our bus company, and the bus sent a minivan up, a nice, comfortable Ford Windstar, brand new minivan with air conditioning in it, and took the girl home. Well, guess what? The discipline was for the girl for for her behavior. Everybody, I mean, they did a little little investigation. Everybody, yeah, this girl did X Y Z, and uh, the punishment was that uh, she couldn't ride the bus anymore, and the school district had to send that minivan to take her to school every day with air conditioning, and she got to pick the radio station. She got picked up later in the morning and got home first in the afternoon. Where's the discipline in that? Anyway, I'm, I'm really off on this, but but it's true. I mean, we look, at, we look at the passage about children obeying the parents. We haven't taught obedience. In fact, we live in a society, we live in a culture where we've taught children, you don't have to obey adults. I, I've seen kids go up to adults and go, this, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my parent. In fact, they've gotten to the point now where to the parents, if you touch me, I'm calling the police. <sighs> no wonder why we are the mess that we are in in our country. We are in such a mess. Anyway, I, I didn't mean necessarily to go off on this this way this morning, but but it's the truth. And I think we have to face it. We do. I, and uh, it's being said here, society encourages bad behavior. It does. That's why we are where we are today in American culture. Because we 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 were told, well, you 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 cannot discipline your children. And we've tried timeouts, we've tried sending them to the room, we've tried taking special privileges away, and all these things. And uh yeah. This passage doesn't talk about so much about um, the discipline aspect, but it all factors together. The children are to obey their parents, and, and, and we should expect that. And parents, we need to do, uh, we need to live the life before our kids that they're going to want to obey. It's just like the earlier passage last week talking about wanting to, uh, you know, 
wives wives submitting their husbands. Well, if a husband is worth following, she's going to want to submit to him. And uh, I'm going to read this. This is good. For for listeners, I won't read the name. It's It's in the comments section. Uh, I grew up in a very difficult home uh, where there was uh, a lot of abuse. Uh, I had so much hate in my heart for my parents. I left home at 16, got saved at 28. I sought to seek to become more like Jesus. Yep. He instructed me to go to my parents and repent for my actions and attitudes toward them. It was very difficult for me to do, but I was obedient and a bridge was repaired. Later, In the years, my parents gave their hearts to Jesus at a funeral. I always wondered if it had, if I had not been obedient, if it would have been a stumbling block to their salvation. Being obedient, I was set free. Oh, that is so powerful. So absolutely powerful to learn how to be obedient in that way. And and listen, there's probably nothing harder, more difficult, more challenging than home life. I mean, home life is a hard thing sometimes. It just it, it just is. Home life is tough. Uh, it's tough to be a parent. I, I, I messed up with our kids. I will tell you that. I, I'm not going to pretend that I did it all right. I didn't. Um, anger was one of my issues, still one of my issues. And I am much, much better about it than I've ever been in my life. But uh, it was an issue. And being short with my kids uh, or ranting on my kids, preaching sermons, if you will, uh, on my kids, uh, you know, repeating the points over and over and over again. But, you know, I believe my parents came around because of the same thing. Uh, They I, I believe I tried to I tried to work at my relationship with my kids because I believe that's what God wanted me to do. I said with my kids with my parents, because I believe that's what God wanted me to do. I work with my relationship with my kids as well, because I believe that's what God would want me to do. But uh, absolutely right. We don't know the power of uh, of what we might do uh, and, and what God might do when we, when we take an action like that. So, so learning to do these things. Children says, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's what we're to do. Uh, And notice what it says. This is not to diminish the role of the mother. But who does it speak to in this verse? Look at verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. There are numerous studies out there about the important role of the dad. Dads have such important roles that they are to um, that they are to fulfill in, in a kid's life and uh, to understand how important it is. And that's where even yesterday I really challenged the men because the Bible challenges the men. When the men love their wives as Christ loves the church, the wife will be all the better for it. When, when, when the men take the prayerful lead in the life of the church, the church will be all the better for it. When, when men take the lead in raising their kids, the kids will be the better for it. 
This is not to diminish the role of moms and to diminish the role of women's and wives at all. Not, not by any stretch of the imagination is that what we're trying to do. But when the father is absent, there is something significant that is missing. And so for any of the men listening here, just to understand the importance of the role, and, and, and I know I, I went hard after the men yesterday, go hard after the men today, go hard after myself today. We need to step up. I, I would love to see it that when the doors are open for, for prayer and things like that, that you have all kinds of men showing up and uh, to lead the way, to, to demonstrate to the kids. And what's being demonstrated is, well, that, that's the woman's place. No, men, it is the men's place. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. Let's look at the message paraphrase and see what it says. Uh, Verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Let me put that up on the screen for you. There we go. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. I like that. I really, really like that. And, and we can't. I mean, there, there are, I think that there are a couple of ways that fathers, and maybe you might speak into this. Here's the question. How do dads exasperate children? Now, Eugene Peterson concludes in his paraphrase here that fathers exasperate children by coming down hard on them. That's, that's, that's what we read that, in Peterson's estimation, and I think that that is a way we can exasperate our children, being being, being way, way, way too hard on our kids. I mean, that, that can happen. But what are other things that, that dads can do that exasperate their children? Uh, on the other opposite end of this is never bringing any consequence, never bringing any discipline, never bringing any... Uh, uh, Anything harsh whatsoever, just just being a uh, laissez-faire dad. Uh, that is another way that uh, that is another way that fathers exasperate the children. The children want the, the dads to step in. In fact, children want structure. Children want consequence. Children want discipline. Now, if you listen to the, some of the modern day mumbo jumbo, uh, they'll say, well, no, 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 that's not. Kids want freedom. In fact, I was reading an article yesterday that basically said all five points in this article or five reasons how, how the culture shifted and what it means to the church. It all had to do with self and it all had to do with, you know, my self-interest and my self-perception and myself, 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 and, and, and to the exclusion of anybody else. And that's where we're living in society and culture. Uh, and we need to teach kids, no, it, that is not the way that it is intended to be at all. Uh, but we, we can exasperate our kids by over-discipline. We can exasperate our kids by uh, being a laissez-faire, negligent, uh, absent father, if you will. I mean, that is another thing we can do to exasperate our children. How about exasperating our children by saying one thing and doing another? We tell our kids, now, don't say words like that. And then, then what do they hear? They hear the words out of our lips. Well, why is it okay for you but not for me? I mean, that is a way that we exasperate our children. Uh, Walter said this. He says, discipline without love hurts the soul of a child. And that, that is exactly right. I mean, if we feel good in disciplining our kids, oh, I'd love to give spankings. If there's something wrong with that, perhaps there's no perhaps about it, something wrong with that. Uh, 
You know, we, we love to find when our children are wrong. We're always looking for our kids to be wrong and, and never looking for what they do that's right. And, and I think these to be both. When they're wrong, we need to see that there's wrong. But when there's right, when they've been successful and fulfilled something, done a good job, we need to note that as well. Fathers, do not exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Dads, do your kids know that you love them? Kids, do your do, uh, dads, do your kids experience you loving on them? Dads, do your kids experience you getting down on the floor and tickling them and wrestling with them? Dads, do your kids experience you playing hide and seek with them? Dads, do your kids experience you going out on an adventure with them? Or do you make your kids feel like they just get in the way all the time? If, you, if you're a dad or a mom who always makes your kids feel like they're getting in the way of your life, you need to ta- take some self-corrective measures in your life. Because I'll tell you what, you're setting your kids up for something awful. Your kids are going to be rebellious. Uh, your kids are going to walk away from the Lord. Your kids, you're the model of God to your children. Your kids need to experience you loving them. What type of love do you experience from the Father? We talk about the lavish love of God being poured out on on our uh, on us, and, and how rich and how wonderful and how sweet and how good. That's the exact type of love that children need to experience from their parents. All that kind of love. Don't make your kids feel like they're in the way. Don't make your kids feel like you don't have time for them. Don't make your kids feel like, you know, they're 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 a bother to you. You need to you you need to uh, absolutely treasure your wife. You absolutely need to treasure your children and uh, do all that you can to to always make them feel like there's time for them. When my phone rings, uh, if it's my wife or if it's my kids, pretty much anybody I'm talking to, I would say, excuse me, just a moment. I'm going to take this call. It's my family. I will almost always take my, unless we're like totally right in the midst of some heavy, heavy, heavy breakthrough moment. And that doesn't happen that often. Uh, maybe then I wouldn't answer the phone, but, but I need to communicate to my wife. I need to communicate. I can't talk this morning. Communicate to my wife, communicate to my kids that they are more important than anybody else. I live too long in my marriage, making my wife feel like my job is more important than her. Maybe I'm being convicted about something this morning and uh, about that. And because uh, just some changes that, that we're making and I want to make sure that she feels good about the changes that we're making. Uh, there's so much in this passage. I'm not going to go on into the work section because we've already been 30 minutes or so in this. But parents, I mean, there's so much, so many books that we can study. And I want to encourage us to study Christian books. Don't just study the pop psychology. And I'm not saying that there isn't some value. Don't, Don't read this pastor to be saying that I don't value psychology. I do. Don't don't read this pastor or hear this pastor be saying, I don't value counseling. I do. But what I am saying is I think that we have we have missed the mark. Uh, our, our psychological training in most of our schools today, unless it's grounded in scripture in some some fashion, 
is missing the mark. It is going further than God's word goes. If you are, if you go to a counselor, they call themselves Christian. You want to be asking, how does this jive with the Bible? And if they go, well, I don't know, and I, you know, it really doesn't matter. I want to encourage you find a different counselor because they need to be saying to you, this is what God's word says. So today, all about parents, I guess. I'll go back and change the title. Uh, let me just read it again for us. Let me put this back in the, I'll put it in the New Living Translation. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Well, I would hope that, that many of us here this morning would say, you know, uh, I concur. Uh, some of us would say, you know, I didn't have the best of upbringing. Some of us, as we were bringing kids into the world, were trying to break some of the chains and patterns and cycles of our own upbringing to do better by our kids. I hope that that would be true of you. Uh, if, if you are one who will become a parent, then I, I, I pray for you that you would learn to live in the ways of Jesus. For those of us that are grandparents, that, that we would, you know, model Jesus in front of our grandchildren. Uh, for those of us that uh, maybe have things to work out with our adult children to go and say, you know, I, I didn't do the best by you, and I want to ask your forgiveness. And that testimony that was shared here earlier in the comments, such a great, great testimony and uh, how God might use that. You, you might not experience it now. It might take 20 years to experience the breakthrough, but God will come through for you. Well, friends, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to pray for us as we get into our day that, Lord, that you will help us today in our relationships, help us to um, to live as, as better husbands, to live as better wives, help us to live as better parents, as better grandparents, as better children. Help us to live as to the Lord in all of our relationships that we might honor you, that we might glorify you that people would see Jesus in us. Lord, today for those who hurt, those who grieve, uh, we know that uh, uh, people have lost loved ones recently, uh, even this weekend, some celebrating the the death of, of dear, dear friends uh, who were great mentors. Lord, we pray for those hearts that uh, experience that grief of loss, that they would experience your comfort Lord, for those that are perplexed today, may they look up to you and find your direction, find your provision, find your company in the midst of what they're going through. Lord, we look to you. We need you today, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, Lord, hear our prayer. Have a good day, everyone. See you tomorrow.